Welcome to Living by Faith. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell, and I am so glad to join you on this Saturday. We are going to be thinking through thankfulness and how to be thankful. I I just think it's such an important topic, especially as we're seeking to live by faith and put our faith into action. Right now, when we look at the world or maybe even the disappointments in our own lives, it can be tempting to think there's not much to be thankful for. Cynicism, skepticism, and doubt about others around us, it's pretty rampant. It's really hard to trust people from what I hear as I'm listening to people and they talk about the the things that they're struggling with. Well, it's keeping them from some gratitude and thankfulness. So how can we fight it all and at, at all? How can we fight it all to be grateful? My guest, Dustin Crow, can help us. Dustin Crow is the discipleship pastor at Stones Crossing Church. He is the author of The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks and Finding Satisfaction in Christ. Dustin received his bachelor's degree in historical theology from the Moodle, the, Mo, the Moodle, the Moody Bible Institute, and his master's degree from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. He and his wife, Melissa, have two young kids and live in Greenwood, Indiana. Dustin, thank you so much for being with me. Thanks for having me on. Yes, I am so curious because it's the Grumbler's Guide, which <laughs> kind of has a, a a connotation that we that means that we are grumblers, right? Or or it's help helping those who grumble. The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. So I want to talk about that title and and what made you write on Thanksgiving and and choose that title. Yeah, well, the biggest part is it came out of my own journey. Um, I am a grumbler. I'm not like an overly optimistic person. I tend to struggle with ingratitude and grumbling. And so it comes out of my own journey. And, you know, in the Bible, that's a common experience that God's people are grumblers. It's not just that we're quiet and don't give thanks, but we tend to actually complain and moan and grumble about all of our our problems and what we don't like about life. Well, I love that. I love that you're just saying, hey, I'm a grumbler you're a grumbler, and this is how the Lord has helped me (laughs) to grow in Thanksgiving. I think it's so relatable. I must say I am, I wouldn't say that I'm, that is my temptation. I'm tempted in other ways, but I am tempted, I'm not tempted to grumbling. So tell us if, for those who are really get it, like this is my, this is what I do. I grumble all day long. And, and how do you grow from that to being someone who gives thanks. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think there are often two kinds of people. There are people like myself that we we do tend to grumble and we complain. And then there are others who maybe they're not grumblers. They don't complain as much, but they don't actively give thanks. Yeah. And so what we see in the Bible is the goal isn't just to not grumble. It's not just to stop being um, ungrateful. The goal is to actually give thanks, to cultivate gratitude in our heart to God for all that he's done. And so whether you are a grumbler or whether you just, you're not guilty of that sin, but you don't practice thanksgiving, all of us want to move toward the practice of giving thanks to God for who he is and what he's done. Amen to that. You are exactly right. And so I guess my question would be, how do you 
identify. So if someone is thinking, well, I'm not a grumbler. I don't, I don't know, but they are. In other words, they haven't realized it. What does it look like? Like, can you help someone identify whether this is something that they struggle with? Yeah, the first step is ask the people around you. Usually yeah. we don't notice our own struggles, but a good friend or a family member, if you ask them that honest question, do I struggle with grumbling or do you notice that usually I'm talking about what God is doing or how I'm thankful for his work? Usually people can be honest with us. Um, at the beginning of my book, I give a kind of a grumbler's quiz to ask questions about, you know, is our normal response to life and to what God walks us through is it recognizing how he is at work and trusting him and thanking him? Or is it a tendency toward doubting his goodness, doubting his hand, being frustrated with the circumstances? So I think if we notice frustration in our heart or disappointment a lot in where God has us or what God hasn't done, that's probably a good indication of this grumbling spirit. So, so okay, so now we've we've taken the test and we realize, uh-oh, wait a minute, I actually am a grumbler. I relate to the people in the Bible and I relate to what Dustin is saying. What are steps that we can take to grow? Because we, if we, we want to all, we want to be thankful people. Um, what is it that we aren't recognizing? Yeah. Well, I talk about really there are four aspects of Thanksgiving, and often we wouldn't break it down like this, but it can be helpful just to notice what are the elements of being thankful for Thanksgiving. And so the first is being thankful. So we have to be looking for things in our life that actually create gratitude, gifts from God, blessings that we can notice. Um, this is often, you know, when people talk about giving thanks, it's this. It's the list of the reasons we have to be thankful. So that's the, the very first place is to be recognizing those things in our life. And the second thing is we move from those things, from something to someone. It's not just being thankful, but it's being thankful to God. Mm. As Christians, we believe that everything we have has been given by God. And so we're thankful to God. The third part is that we actually say thank you. Thanksgiving requires giving things. So it's not just meant to be something we feel or think about, but we actually tell God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for these blessings or your work. And then the final step is as we do that, it's that our thankfulness to God should lead to joy in God. That, and that's really, to me, the, the secret sauce of the book, or really Thanksgiving in general, that as we practice Thanksgiving to God for who he is and what he's done, we actually get to know him, that we see his heart, we see his works, and we really love and worship him through the practice of Thanksgiving. Yeah, we can really see, okay, this is what the Lord is doing or what he's done, and we can thank him for that. That It, it does make sense that as you're growing that muscle, you will begin to be more in awe of the Lord and grateful for who he is. And and that that I wonder what that looks like practically, because... Does it look like you, you, you're stopping and you're just praying or is it kind of you're walking down the street and you're re recognizing a tree and you see the, the, the fall leaf? Okay, this is something I do. <laughs> I <laughs> love the changing of seasons. And so I walk down the street, I see this a beautiful tree and I can't help but be in awe of what the Lord does is in his creation. And so that's one thing I do. But what is something that you as an individual or as a family have tried to do in practicing giving thanks to God? 
Well, let me go with your scenario. And I love the changing leaves as well. That's one yeah. thing that's nice about living in Indiana is we do have four seasons and we love the fall here, even if it's short. Um, but to use that example, you know, as you see the leaves change and you say, thank you to God for seasons, you might also say, you know, this is a reminder that God could have just given us leaves and they didn't have beauty or they didn't serve purposes or we didn't have the variation of seasons. And so it not only is something that he's given us as a gift, but it's a reminder that he's a God of beauty, a God of creativity, a God who loves to fill our world with delightful things. And so it's really just pausing and thinking, okay, what am I thankful for? What's that gift? What's that blessing? And then what does that tell me about God? Um, you know, a similar example would be today, um, I had a snack with my son, uh, chocolate chip cookie from a nice place we like. And it's saying, again, it's a small thing, it's a dessert, but again, God gave us taste buds and he filled the world with things like chocolate and cocoa beans and all of these things. And it's a gift that he made us people that can delight in good things. And he gave other people skills to turn these raw products of the earth into enjoyable treats. And so it's, thank you for this little blessing, but thank you, God, that you made us to be people in a world who can delight in such gifts and find joy in him through them. I, I love that. And so when you're looking at things and are you, I guess what, what I'm getting at, is it a pausing and praying and giving thanks and worshiping audibly, like you're praying to the Lord or not necessarily audibly to yourself, or is it a recognition or a combination of both? So if, or, or a journal, are there some practical ways that you can help people to build this muscle? Because if you're, you, you tend to be a grumbler, you've got to, there has to be some kind of change in the way you view the world. Do you think? For sure. You know, okay. all, most of us would say we don't want to be grumblers. We know we should be thankful people. We should be grateful people. And usually why that's not a reality in our life is because it's not a habit. And anything that isn't a habit, it will take time and work to grow that muscle and change. And the same is true with Thanksgiving. So one of the things I've done and often recommend is starting a journal, using the notes app on your phone, whatever it works looks like for you. But try on a daily basis, maybe for 30 days, for a month, and write down three to five things from that day you're thankful for. And so you're, you're recognizing God's gifts. You're recognizing, as you're reading your Bible, things you're learning about who he is you can thank him for. And then you're writing it down. And as you record it, it helps you kind of linger over that truth. It is a good thing to kind of pause and tell God thank you and praise him. But definitely writing them down is huge. One thing... You know, if you, if you do have kids, we often will do a Thanksgiving tree. And so take 30 days and every day we'll write down on either a piece of paper or leaves something from that day we're thankful for. So it's a fun way with kids to kind of cultivate this practice of God has blessed us. God has filled our world with good things. And we want to recognize them and we want to celebrate those and even share them together. So again, it's an act of writing it down, but we do it on a leaf and then we tie it to a tree. So Writing them down is a great thing. Um, prayer, you mentioned, is another. You know, most of us will pray, even if it's just once or twice throughout the day. But one thing you can start to do is at the beginning of every prayer, just thank God for one thing today. Or as you and pray you... for a meal. Oh, go ahead. Carry on. Yeah, Sorry. As you, as, you, as you pray for a meal, you just thank God for one thing tied to that. So it's just inserting Thanksgiving in little ways throughout your day. 
And you have a 30-day Thanksgiving challenge in your book, is that correct? Yeah, in the back of the book I give really 30 passages um, tied to Thanksgiving. So one of the goals is to kind of see that this is a regular practice throughout the Bible. I think that's part of the, the shift that has to take place to know this isn't just like a bonus. If you're really spiritual, you can add Thanksgiving, but it is a basic posture and practice of the Christian life. And so each day there's a series of verses tied to Thanksgiving you can read. And then the challenge is every day to find five things in your own life you're thankful for and record those. Um, I love that. And that's something that we can all do. We can all do that. I love the tree. I'm going to adopt it. I'm going to now have a thankfulness tree in my home. We are talking to Dustin Crow, the author of The Grumbler's Guide to Thanksgiving. More when we return. Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillia Newbell. I am talking with Dustin Crow, the author of The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. And we've been talking about how we're all grumblers at, at some point, right? There's some who struggle with it more than others. And how do we give thanks practically? We, I, I love that we've, we've talked about, Dustin, your, your tree of thanks and uh, how we can see nature and give thanks. There's lots of things around us that we can just be so grateful and thankful for. However, is Thanksgiving giving only for when life seems good? I think sometimes it's easy to think, okay, I can, I can be thankful when life seems good or when blessings are clear. So what does it mean to give thanks in all things? Yeah, and that is a New Testament command. A couple of times Paul says to give thanks in all things. So that's one of the questions I had to wrestle with. What does that look like? Does that mean give thanks for everything, even the things that we know God um, does not like? And I don't think that's what it's talking about. But I do think in all things, we can find reasons to give thanks. And part of that is knowing that God is good and trusting his hand. So one of the things that was most helpful in, in writing the book was just studying the Psalms a lot. And I yeah. think David is a great example of someone who he can write a Psalm like Psalm 28 and he's fearful of the enemies around him. He's discouraged. His language is about, you know, he's really down in the dumps. And yet one line later, he can talk about, he still chooses to give thanks to God. And part of that is because he trusts God. So even in the midst of his sorrow and his pain and his hurt, He's choosing to trust God, which leads to thanking God. And sometimes that's thanking God for his faithfulness in the past. Sometimes it's thanking God that he knows God will deliver him in this situation. But uh, that means that in any season, in any circumstance, we can still find reasons to thank God, not just when we're on those mountaintop days where it's clear that there are blessings. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's easy to forget that God is with us and for us in those times where we just feel like everything's against us, right? Um, that God, he, he never leaves nor forsake us. And it may, kind of reminded me, as you were talking about Paul in particular, how he says that he's sorrowful yet always rejoicing. And I think that's the, the Christian life. I really do. I think that the Christian life is filled with such sorrow, but yet we're always rejoicing as we 
wait for the Lord to return one, but also as we um, as we remember the gospel. Uh, it also reminded me of Psalm 103, forget not his benefits, who redeems your life from the pit. So when we are dealing with struggles and sorrows and pain and suffering, we remember the Lord, um, remember what he has done um, on our behalf, because we can't always see. We, 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 we actually, we may not even see his faithfulness in, until we look back, right? Like we're like, oh gosh, the Lord was faithful. Um, he was so good and I can be thankful um, for the ways that he, he was good to me. Um, if I can keep talking for one second, I've experienced yeah. several, mis four miscarriages and I was miserably t sad. I was so, so discouraged. And I remember, however, um, there's a few ways that the Lord just really met, met me, but one of the other ways is through his people. And so I couldn't, I was struggling and I was so sad, but I can be thankful because God, um, brought people in my life to, to serve and help and encourage and bring food and to weep with me. And, and that was, that's, that's just one tangible way that I've experienced it. Is there a way that you've experienced it where you've seen, um, have experienced something and it just doesn't seem clear, right? His, the blessings aren't clear, um, but you were able to be grateful and thankful to the Lord. Yeah, like you said, I think that is part of the posture of the Christian life where there are always sorrows, there are disappointments, and yet at the same time, there are always reasons to give things. Um, to give an example, last year I lost my father to cancer, and obviously even today, over a year later, it's still a painful thing when I think about it. There are a lot of losses to that, and yet I can also thank God for the time I did have with him. I can thank God for the ways I've experienced God as a father over this past year. I can thank God for the people around me, like you said, that God gives gifts, and one of those gifts is the church, the body of Christ, and people have been an encouragement um, and so even in a hard thing like that, I can see God's goodness in the midst of it. So the sorrow isn't gone, and yet we have to choose to lean into those reasons for rejoicing as well. Absolutely. You know, I, pu I pulled up Psalm 28, and I just wanted to read one couple of verses. It says, Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. So there is something about this that um, just encourages my heart. It's thinking about how he hears us, <laughs> that we can bless him. He hears us, that we can go to the Lord with our pain and our sorrow, and he hears that. And he um, draws near to us. He is our strength and our shield. He protects us. And and so for those of you who um, are struggling when you're, 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 you want to give thanks, but it is so deeply hard, I pray that this would encourage you to know that God is with you. He is for you. Nothing and no one can be against you and nothing can ever separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Is there any encouragement that you would want to give to those who may be listening right now and, and they're actually enduring a, a trial of some sort, Dustin, and, and they could use that encouragement um, as you're helping us to also be thankful. A couple of things, you know, really after I, I wrote this book, that's probably the number one question I've received 
is this, but what do you do in the midst of pain? Um, and a, a couple of things that I've tried to do and encourage people to do who are really in pain or in sorrow and having a hard time finding reasons to rejoice, which I totally get. Um, one is to do what you said, to remember and look back. You know, you might struggle today to find reasons to give thanks, but if you look back over the course of your life, you can probably see times and examples of God's goodness, of his faithfulness, of his promises. And so part of how we face today and tomorrow is we look back and we remember God's faithfulness and that strengthens us today. And it again reminds us that even though this season is hard, I faced hard seasons before. And just like God carried me through in the past, he will carry me through today. So I encourage looking back in remembrance. And then another thing is just kind of find the low hanging fruit. When you are discouraged and when you're struggling, when you're sorrowful, um, just start looking for anything. Any examples of God's goodness in your life, God's care for you, God's love for you. As you open up the Bible, look for attributes of God, actions of God, promises of God, and just have eyes open to see reminders of God's blessing in your life, but also God's goodness and faithfulness in hard seasons. And I think what happens as we notice those things and as we thank God for those gifts and those reminder of who he is, that helps us start to change our posture a little bit. Um, again, the hard things don't go away. It doesn't just wash them away. But our mind and our heart starts to cling to these reminders of who God is and how big he is and how gracious he's been to us. And that just changes our perspective. I like, I, yes, I think that's so good. Looking back and then re just finding those low hanging fruit. I couldn't put it any, any better. Just looking for something. Lord, show me anything that you are good and you are with me. And, um, and I, I also, I often preach the gospel to myself in the morning. I remind myself of the good news of the gospel that um, Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross, bringing all the wrath that I deserve and that he rose victoriously and, and that I might know, I can know him. I know God, <laughs> which is remarkable. It's just uh, that it helps me to reorient my whole day to, to preach that the message of the gospel to my heart and mind daily. Now, we have been talking about suffering and struggling, and um, you you wrote this wonderful book, The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. But is there a link between gratitude and joy? Yeah, I think there is. Often those two words are joined together in the Bible. So there's a biblical link, link where as we give thanks, we find joy. And part of that is because we know the true source of joy is God. And if we're doing Thanksgiving, what it's doing is taking us back to God. It's not just being thankful for stuff, but it's being thankful to someone, thankful to God. And so I think as we give thanks to God for who he is, what he's done, what he's given, again, we're just reminding ourselves of how blessed we are to know God, how blessed we are um, to walk with him. And like you said, how blessed we are to have the good news of the gospel. Even if I can't find anything else in my life to say thank you for, my sins are forgiven. I am in Christ. I am a new creature. God is my father. And as I think about those things, how graciously and mercifully he's treated me despite my sin, despite my waywardness, well, there's joy that comes with it. There's a reminder of the goodness in my life. And so I think as we practice Thanksgiving, we kind of tap into that joy. Um, 
And if can I ask you a quick question? Tied yes. to that question? Yeah. yeah. So um, I actually quote you in my book from your book, Enjoy, which mm. I think deals with this a lot. That as it we does. start to enjoy, <laughs> yeah, as we enjoy God's gifts, um, you write that it's not about the stuff. It's ultimately about him. So I'm curious, as you wrote Enjoy or as you studied that kind of concept of enjoying God's gifts um, and how Thanksgiving ties into that, how did you experience kind of thankfulness or gratitude tied to writing that book? Ah, well, that's so encouraging. Thank you for quoting it. And, you know, I, um, I, I re recognize that so often when I am thinking about joy or gratitude, I'm thinking about myself. So how can I be fulfilled? What is it in for me? Like what I'm self, it's just selfish. So what can I get out of it? But when I turn my eyes outward and I see what God has done, it changes the way I interact with people. It changes the way I interact with food. God, this is a gift from God. It's so delicious and wonderful and God created it. Or this person, they have these kinds of gifts or that artwork was, was created by someone who was created in the image of God and they were able to create because they image him. I mean, these, it just changes your your perspective. And and so that is one thing that I I had to, realize is that so much about for me and what I wrote about enjoy about enjoying the things that God has given us is about looking outside of ourselves and looking to the Lord the giver of all good things which is how you set us up a at the beginning. And so when we look to God, then we can be grateful because he's given us all things, everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's given us every good gift comes from him, everything. So I am so grateful to the Lord for that. And we're going to keep talking about this when we return. Welcome back to Living by Faith. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell, and we are talking about joy and thanksgiving and gratitude and how they are all connected. But let me tell you, we are such a busy, busy people. I kind of hate that word. <laughs> it's it's over overused, but it's the, re this is the reality. Dustin, you have written about this. You talk about busyness and distraction being obstacles to gratitude. Why do you think those things keep us from giving thanks? Yeah. I mean, I think one reason when we think of busyness and, you know, most of us have busy lives and we even give the answer and people say, hey, how are you doing? We talk about, oh, things are just busy and we list all the things going on. And really what that makes our life feel like is our life is just hurried. Often that means we're just thinking about the next thing we have to get done. We're moving from one appointment to the next, one meeting to the next, one thing on our schedule to the next. And I think what happens when we're busy and when we're hurried, we don't have eyes open to think about these things we've been talking about. We don't have eyes open to see what God is doing. All that's in our mind is what we have to do next, what we need to get done, um, and just how tired we feel. And so we're not looking around as we drive our cars and saying, what do I see outside my window that's a reminder of God's gifts and creation? We don't, what did I read in the Bible this morning that's a reminder of all that I can thank him for? Or just think about, oh, I got to hurry to the next meeting where I'm dropping off my kids for soccer or whatever it is. And it just keeps us from having eyes open and kind of a mind attuned for what God's doing in our world. 
Mm. You know, okay, so you very kindly mentioned that I wrote a book called Enjoy. And in that book, I actually do talk about (laughs) how busyness can also distract us. And I remember when my kids were really little, they're teenagers, they're like, almost adults now, which is so, so sad to me. It's great. It's great. But it's so sad. Um, But when they were little babies, I remember one time I was taking them to, oh no, I needed to go grocery shopping and I had just picked them up from some play date thing. I don't know what it was. Well, one of my children saw a snail and I knew the moment that snail was spotted, I was stuck. And so they, she, he, it started with Weston, I think. He looked at the snail and he was like, oh, mom, look at this. And it had a shell and it was beautiful snail. And I immediately was filled with anxiety, just total anxiety. So there's these, these two kids, because now my daughters, once my son saw it, of course, the daughter jumps in and they're in awe of what God had created, this snail that just was moving so slow. And I was like, oh, please, snail move quicker to the grass and disappear. (laughs) And I'm filled with anxiety. And I was convicted almost immediately. Oh my goodness. What? I can't even stop and enjoy this snail with my kids. I can't, I didn't even think about the teaching moment that I could experience (laughs) with them about animals or whatever. I just, I just was anxious. And I wonder if we, I wonder, one, have you ever experienced something like that where, where we're so busy, we just, I don't know, you, you, you are actually filled with anxiety. And I think that is part of the, your go, go, go. You can't recognize and see things. So thankfully, I recognized it. I stopped. I paused. I looked with my children and I was able to enjoy that moment. But it, it took some kind of like willpower and the Holy Spirit to, to really help me see, oh, you, you, you don't have to be in a hurry. So what do, you, what do you think it takes for us to do that? Yeah, well, it's good that, that you saw that. Yeah, I think yeah. we have to recognize, oh, look at what I'm doing. Um, similar, often when I'm with my kids, and I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old, so they're still small. Uh, and yes. like you said, they get caught up in the smallest things and they experience wonder and they want to do it over and over and over. Um, and too often, you know, I'll be watching them and I feel like, oh, I hear my phone go off and I got to answer an email or I got to answer a text. And rather than enjoying them or playing with them or being the moment, you feel that, oh, I need to go answer that. I need to be doing something else or I need to be accomplishing something. And so part of it is recognizing that tendency to f- always be going somewhere or feeling the need to accomplish something or being on our phones. And again, when we do that, we not only miss out on life, but we miss out on recognizing what God is doing all around us through people, through our own circumstances, through what we're learning. I mean, God is always at work. And I think busyness and being hurried and then being distracted keeps us from seeing it. I mean, distraction is huge too, because yep. what we do is when, when we have a moment, we're not busy, we distract ourselves when we're waiting at a grocery line or at a stoplight instead of oh just looking around and taking a deep breath we take out our phone and we distract ourselves more and so it's almost like we can live our entire day and we fill it up constantly with either noise or our phones or computers and so there's just no downtime to see to hear and reflect and what that does is it squeezes out things like gratitude and thankfulness 
Mm. Well, that's convicting, <laughs> especially <laughs> when we think about our phones. Um, we are in a, I mean, it, that's how we're connected. That's how we speak. That's how, I mean, I'm you, using my phone as a timer as we talk just to make sure that I stay on time. I mean, these are the kinds of, our phone, my our phones are in our hands pretty much constantly. And so how do we break that habit? Because a lot of what you're talking about, even giving thanks daily, the 30-day challenge, everything is habit about forming and reshaping our habits. So how would we do that in a, a in as in regards to this kind of busyness and our distraction with phones? Yeah, I mean, some of that, like you said, is habit. And it's training ourselves to kind of stop the habit we don't want and start new habits. And again, I feel this myself, like even I've shared, if I'm at a, a, a line, a checkout line, and I have 30 seconds, I'll take out my phone. And I don't need to do that. I don't really want to do it, but that's just the habit I've created. And so what I've tried to do recently is just tell myself when I, when I feel that impulse, thinking I need to grab my phone, which isn't a bad thing, but I don't need to always have it open. I just tell myself, I don't need it. I don't need it right now. Instead, I want to be kind of present in the moment with whatever's going on. So that's one thing. You just kind of stop that impulse we have today of go to my phone, go to my computer, and just say, I don't need to do that right now. Or have at least a time during the day, maybe that's at night, where you kind of cut it off, no more phones, um, and then you can use some of that time for reflection or remembering what God has done. So that's one thing. It's stopping the habit. But that's why I'd go back to writing it down. Um, so even if we're used to our phones, part of what we can do is if we know there will be some point today where I'm going to write down on a piece of paper or on my phone, my computer, those things I am thankful for, at least you have a dedicated space to also cultivate that habit. So you have to do both. You have to kind of stop the impulsive habits of going to our phone, which distracts us, but also cultivate these new habits of practicing Thanksgiving and then looking in the moment and being present in the moment and say, that's that's part of what I want my life to look like more. It's not being caught up in the distraction, but it's being open to what God is doing all around me. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I pray that we can start building new habits so that we can see the world around us and see people. And, um, and, and I think it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. So what is like the one first step that people can take? I think the first step is just committing to like a 30 day experience of it. You know, we read different books and we learn that if you commit yourself to anything for 30 days, it does cultivate a muscle. It does create new patterns, new habits. And so just try for 30 days. I'm going to try to do one of two things. I would say either start with the writing it down. So for 30 days, I'm going to write down in some way at least three to five things I was thankful for from that day. So that's one option. Another easy one is just say, okay, for the next week or the next 30 days, I want to at least one of my prayers each day to begin with Thanksgiving. You might mm -hmm. say, okay, I'm going to begin every prayer during this period with at least one um, Thanksgiving statement. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you, God, for this food. Thank you, God, for your goodness today. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you for your faithfulness. Whatever it is, start every prayer for a week or a month with Thanksgiving and again, over time, you just start to see that as a normal way we pray. We pray with thanksgiving because I've developed that habit. I think that's a excellent first step. Not only are we communicating and communing with the Lord, but we're also expressing our gratefulness and thankfulness to him through prayer. 
It's one thing that we can do even today. We will have more with Dustin Crow when we return. Welcome back to Living by Faith. I am your host, Trillia Newbell, and I've been talking to Destin Crow about grumbling and Thanksgiving and giving thanks and prayer. We've actually talked about a whole lot of things, <laughs> and it's, I pray and hope that it helps us to build new habits of gratefulness and thankfulness and enjoying the Lord. And, and we can do this, not by our own strength, but because with the Lord, we can do this. We can ask him for help. I really do believe that we need God to obey God. We can't do it on our own. And if in the scriptures, he, he, he not just warns, but he says, do not grumble. He, he's exhorting us towards Thanksgiving. Then we need him. We need help. And so we want to ask the Lord for help as we pursue him in giving thanks. Now, the question is, what are we giving thanks for? And we've kind of talked, we've we've talked about these things in abstract kind of terms, Dustin. We've been talking about trees and we've talked about snails and we've talked about, you know, people and all of these things. But do you have categories that you use that can help guide us as we're thinking about Thanksgiving? Yeah, I think it is helpful to think in terms of categories uh, because sometimes when we try to practice Thanksgiving, at least my experience doing this and even you know, often when we think of giving thanks, we go back to like, maybe it was a Thanksgiving meal and people had to go around a table and right. it was like the same three things. It's, you know, family, it's friends, maybe it's faith. And then it's like, well, what else do I give thanks for? Gosh, that's good. So that's, it's funny. Yeah. yeah, we do. I mean, I just, I don't want to, I, I want to pause and say, we do do that. That is so funny. We almost don't have the, a cat, any other category. It's always the same thing, family, friends, and maybe like church, maybe. Anyways, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And I always I try not to be the Thanksgiving police. I'm not trying to say, don't give thanks for those things. Oh, those are yes. good. But yes. how do we go beyond it is part of the question. Or what are some of the different areas we can give thanks for? And so I've thought of a few. Um, one is kind of common grace. And these are some of the things we've mentioned. These are gifts of God in a world that everyone experiences. Um, and that can be the beauty of food or trees. That can be the gift of sleep. Um, that can be even God's provision that we have work. And so some things like common grace, we're just looking to see how has God provided in this world? How do I see God's goodness and who he is? Um, another, and it kind of overlaps, but is God's creation. Um, I think the more we start to look for who God is in creation, the more we see reasons to, to thank him. You know, God has told us he has two books. He has his word, but he also has his world. And we see him in both. And again, part of that is our busyness and our distraction keeps us from looking outside our windows or going for walks and contemplating, how do I see God in the world around me? And how do I see God in the friendships and the people he's put around me? And how do I even see God in the circumstances he's taken me through? And that leads to, to another one, which is just kind of thinking through God's providence or provision. Hmm. So what are ways I can look back and see God's providential hand of how he is directed and steered my life, how he's provided for me. What are things I have today? And I need that reminder that it's not of me. I didn't provide this. I didn't create it. But this is a gift of God. God has been faithful. God has ordered my steps. God has led me here. And so we just reflect on ways we see his providential hand and ways we see him kind of providing and protecting. 
And then another one you mentioned was just the gospel. I mean, I think if we think more about the work of Christ and what that means for us, all the gifts we have, all those spiritual blessings in Jesus, I mean, that is an endless list of reasons we have to be thankful. You can just open up any New Testament letter, start reading, and you're going to see the gifts we have in Christ, and that's a great place to go for gratitude. And the last one to connected to that is just thinking about God. I mean, again, the Bible is full, and especially the Psalms, they're full of these attributes and actions of God. And as we see who God is, it's a reminder to thank him, not just for things he gives us, but we thank him for who he is. We thank him for his character. We thank him for his steadfast love. We thank him for all the things we're learning about him as God. So those would be a few categories. I'm sure there are more, but that gets someone started. Absolutely. I would like to kind of press into one of them because I don't know that people think about it. And it made me think of Ephesians 1, and I'm not going to read all of it, but praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And then it goes on to talk about every, like all the different ways that we are blessed it, by, by being in Christ and with Jesus. So I, I don't know that people think that way. And I'd love for us to, to, to talk about some of those ways so that people, as they're, they're thinking about that, I think people can think about, okay, I can think of the common grace gifts. Most of our conversation has been those common, everyone can be thankful for. Um, I think people can think about creation and look at creation and say, oh my goodness, this is amazing that God has created this, the stars and this, the, the earth and and even provision to some degree we've also talked about but but what are some ways that you think or what are some things that people could remind themselves about the the spiritual aspect the gifts that in Christ um, that can help people be guided in in that category yeah you mentioned Ephesians one I mean you can just go through Ephesians one one is adoption I think when we remember the fact that we're not only forgiven of our sins, which is amazing, thank you God for that, but yeah. we're made sons and daughters. And so we have God as a father who loves us. It's not just that he puts up with us, but he actually loves us, he likes us. We can come to him in prayer because he's our father. We can draw near into his presence without fear, all because we are adopted and we're part of the family. And then it goes on in Ephesians 1 and says, we have the Holy Spirit, that even though we're still sinful, we're still imperfect, the Spirit is at work in our hearts and lives. He is changing us gradually. He brings conviction. He brings reminders of truth. And so we have the gift of the Spirit. Um, Ephesians 1 also talks about grace. Again, yeah. not just the grace that covers our sin, um, but the grace that supplies all that we desire and need, that Jesus is our satisfaction, that even though we go looking for um, Jesus in all the wrong things, that we have him, that our hearts can be made full when we're setting our mind on him. And so there's, again, that joy that comes when we remind ourselves that who Jesus is for us as our Savior. And the more we start to think about who God is as we give thanks, that's when our view of him just grows and grows. And again, that's what grows our joy. That's what grows our gratitude is remembering all these things that we have in Christ and how God relates to us now that we're in Christ. 
Uh, I love that. And I'm so grateful for the Lord and that we could remember it. And I also want to lean into the attributes of God. I just, I, again, I think it's easier for us to think about the tangible things and to miss this gratitude about God. So what is like one of his attributes that you are just so grateful for? I, I think faithfulness is one. I mean, there are a lot of good ones like his wisdom that he knows what's good for my life more than me, even though often I'm second-guessing, like, is this really what you want for me, God? And yet I go back to trusting his wisdom and thanking him that he knows me personally and he knows what's best. But I go back to faithfulness because I just need that reminder that God never changes. His love never changes. It is a steadfast love. I can count on him today. I can count on him tomorrow. And just this faithfulness. And so no matter what season I'm going through, whether it's, it is that mountaintop or it's the low valley, seasons change, life changes, I change, but God doesn't. He is always good and gracious. Um, and even going back to the gospel, we have the gospel that is true no matter what. So I like to anchor on God's faithfulness when life feels up and down and unstable to kind of get my stability on him, an unchanging God who is true to his word, who keeps yes. his promises, and who, who will be the same God today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Amen. What you're talking about is that he's also immutable. And that, mm. to me, is one of uh, my favorite attributes. If you can have a favorite attribute of God, <laughs> um, because of his faithfulness, you can trust that he's not going to change his mind because of his, he's immutable. He's not going to change. He's, it's not, he's not going to love you one minute and then hate you the next. That makes, to me, all of his attributes kind of work, <laughs> that he doesn't change. And I am uh, just so grateful for, for this God who it never changes, who is always faithful, always good, always loving. And we can, we can thank him and, and, sing his praises. Dustin, thank you for being on the show. And it's just been a joy to talk to you. And I pray that um, our listeners will grow in, in, as they're thinking about how to be thankful during this season, which can be filled with busyness and also pain. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And I hope, yeah, it just stirs up some gratitude and really seeing and knowing God through that gratitude. Yes. We have been talking to Dustin Crow, the author of The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today. Also, thanks to the behind-the-scenes team at Moody Radio, Karen Hendren, my producer, and my engineer, Courtney Young. To hear today's program again, you'll find it at livingbyfaithradio.org or on the Moody Radio app. You may also connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trillia Newbell. Living by Faith is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Institute.